With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are live. Welcome to the NFL Strategy Show Lineup Construction Edition. I am Josh Engelman, and I am joined by the boss, Alex Baker. Alex, how you doing? How was week one? Doing good. Week one, <laughs> not not so good. But uh, I'm going to chalk it up to some bad luck because, man, there was some fluky stuff. Like, I uh, at the end of the Cincinnati uh, Chargers game, I uh, I had a lineup that had a stack of um, Joe Burrow and AJ Green, and he caught a touchdown that was called back. And then if it went to overtime, I probably would have had a shot. Mm. So it's like uh, it's one of those weeks. Like it was possible to win even with Boston Scott. Yeah, but um, it didn't make it, make it happen. How, how about you, man? How did you fare? Uh, pretty brutal. Same sort of story there for Boston Scott. Uh, not enough Jacobs, not enough Devontae Adams. Uh, Marvin Jones was the guy that I sort of hitched my wagon to. Uh, that didn't work. And that's NFL for you. Like, if you don't have those main couple pieces, it's going to become pretty, pretty difficult to add it all up. I do actually have last week's slant from DraftKings pulled up on the screen. You did finish seventh. Kudos to you for that one. That That is the Joe Burrow lineup, along with Boston Scott, I might add. Um, wanted to get a couple thoughts here from you. We see, since we're talking a little bit more about lineup construction, we see basically the full run of different options in the top 20 for this contest. Quarterback with you know, two wideouts. I'm just going to lump tight ends with wideouts for right now. Quarterback with, you know, two pass catchers bringing one back. Quarterback with a running back, a wideout bringing one back. Quarterback with a wide receiver bringing two back. Uh, naked stacks. Uh, your lineup in particular only had the QB and the wideout. Nothing brought back. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. You're more or less trying to find like a scatter shot of those combinations at least in a contest that has 39,000 plus entries could be a little bit different in a smaller field but i'm assuming you're going to have most of those options brought together into one big crunch would i be correct yeah i mean i do crunches of each of these stacks and i kind of try to figure out which are my best lineups so last week i found like the strategy i landed on was really spending down at quarterback yeah um like it, it turned out that Aaron Rodgers was the best scoring quarterback, but he was a little bit more expensive than the guys I was on. 
So like in this lineup, I, I believe I had Thielen and Adams. And yeah. I, I guess so like I'm not really sure if like people talk a lot about the game stack where like you don't have the quarterback, but maybe that's like an interesting strategy you can play around with. And then like there could be certain situations where the quarterback just doesn't fit the lineup. Yeah. So then you have to go to like a secondary stack. So um, and that was kind of an interesting lineup that that was uh, my outlier for the week. But like all these all these uh, strategies that people use in the top here, they're all stacked pretty much except for that one. Yeah. Uh, who had Lamar? So that that's like a good exception. And it's really about like the actual like players we're talking about and not like the actual strategy because if you have one wide receiver stacked and they're like Michael Thomas that could be like even more correlated than having like two bad wide receivers stacked with a quarterback. So that's a really good like, point. Yeah. It's not like you don't want to necessarily put one label on everything. You want to be able to look down into the individual players we're talking about. Yeah. I'm finding more and more that it feels like quarterback is like an afterthought, almost like choosing your defense. We're just looking at the top 10 Rogers, cousins, Ryan, Trubisky, Wilson, Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all of those guys made the top 10. It's clear that you could have had essentially anybody in that position and still had a chance to win the contest. Do you think that people, I don't, I don't want to say, do you think people pay too much attention to trying to pick a quarterback? But it seems as though like the replacement level of a quarterback in a particular DFS lineup is not all that high. Yeah, that that was really interesting last week. How there was no one quarterback that really was essential. So that that's something we we see from time to time. But um, I mean, like that was crazy. That I, I guess quarterbacks probably one of the positions that's most consistent in scoring. So you're gonna see several quarterbacks with like a good enough score every week, unless one really just goes for forty plus. So. I have it pulled up where I just filtered down the slant to show only the top 1% of lineups. So in this case, the top 392 lineups are on the screen. And if we look at, let me move my share around. There we go. Matt Ryan is in 25% of those top lineups. Russell Wilson, 23. Aaron Rodgers, 18. That's where you see the drop-off, but it's Josh Allen in six, Lamar in six, Kirk Cousins in six. Is there anything to glean from that? Is there anything you would want to take away from week one, or is it just simply the quarterback is going to end up being coming along for the ride with whatever you have in the rest of your lineup and not to get totally bogged down on any individual one quarterback. Like the court, do you ever look at it and think like, this is a quarterback I need? I think uh, it depends on the lineup. So like if you have two really good pass catchers from a team, you need to put the quarterback in at court, like in your lineup too, because otherwise you're going to be drawing dead against all the other people that have the quarterback plus those same receivers since like the quarterback passing performance is like the sum of all the receivers. So um, if you're just building a less correlated lineup, then that's where like you can kind of be more creative with the quarterback. Um, So last week, Devontae Adams and and MVS would have been like kind of the optimal stack. If you have both of those guys, you probably want Rodgers, but if you only have one of them, you don't need them. Okay. Yeah. Devontae Adams, 
in 84% of the top 1% lineups. That was the highest number. Josh Jacobs, second at 72%. Calvin Ridley, 57%. And then everybody below that is 38% or lower. Is there something that we could look at, whether that's just the spread of the way that guys show up in the top 1% of lineups in relationship to their ownership? Is there anything that we could take away it's almost like a shotgun blast across the main 1% where you can really get the, you're going to need there's going to be two to three essentials the the Adams the Jacobs you're probably not going to get to that top spot if you don't have both of the guys that go nuts but when you get to that 30% to below is there something that we can sort of take away from the fact that you can just sort of get there with I don't want to say anything cuz that sounds insane but you can mix and match so many different guys because there are just the the player pool is just so huge. Is there anything we could take away from that with regards to like projected ownership where we probably saw most of these guys be somewhere between 3 and 7% projected for the day? I think uh the the key takeaway is just you need to hit you know like the top 4 plays of the week probably if you want to win. Um, and then the rest of your lineup just needs to not blow it for you. So, like, for yeah. example, Antonio Gibson was in 20% of the top 100 lineups. Yeah, yeah like a rough week. He just was, like, cheaper than Boston Scott, and he didn't, like, absolutely put up a dud. Yeah. So I think that it shows, like, when you go for those value guys, they don't necessarily have to, to have a big week to, to get you towards the top. But, um this week or this past week was a good example because Boston Scott, like people won big tournaments with him in the lineup. So uh, I'd say just don't stress out too much about like every player like hitting and like the potential of every player hitting. And that uh, if you can get like three to four like upside guys in every lineup, like uh, all these guys that you needed were pretty expensive. Devonta Adams, Jacobs, Ridley. So um, having unique combinations of those spend up options can really hit big. I don't know your particular answer for this, but I'm going to at least uh, cycle down. You did play a ton of Josh Jacobs in this contest last week, 70% uh, from what I have on the screen. Uh, Boston Scott in a ton. Obviously, that's a very different play given his salary. Um, it's a lot easier to have a ton of Boston Scott and not worry about it than um, you know the Michael Thomas or Christian McCaffrey, where you're getting a very specific construction. You can do a lot of different things having a lot of Boston Scott. Your third most exposed player was Allen Robinson at 33%. So after that, we're coming all the way down. I'm assuming there's sort of an there's largely an upper bound for you on an NFL slate for at least guys that are more of the higher salary vibe. It It's almost going to be, you're almost looking to spread out the top, top guys and concentrate on a particular value play. Otherwise you can just be bought. There are so many good wide receivers like, like to sort between Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, McLaurin, Michael Thomas, the the top of the upper echelon, even like Hilton or yeah, DJ Moore, knowing that you need to get basically the guy that goes nuts right. I, I assume you're looking more towards a, a flatter exposure to the more expensive players, more concentrated at the bottom. That might be a, a 
that might be the unintended consequence of what you're doing and not necessarily the goal as you start. But what would it take for you to be like really heavy on an expensive guy? Or is that just probably not going to be a part of your method each week? Yeah, I mean, the probability in football of any one player like really outperforming their, their salary is pretty low. And the opportunity cost of all these uh, expensive guys like Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Thielen, Christian McCaffrey, it's like you can only fit one or one or two of those guys in the lineup, maybe, or maybe that's maybe two or three or whatever. But I think that uh, it that just makes it hard to get for them to be like exceptional plays relative to their salary because you're already paying like top dollar for them. Right. But uh, Josh Jacobs was one one guy that uh, he wasn't cheap. I just thought that he was one of the best plays, and he, he just kind of fit. The ownership wasn't super high, so I had him a lot. But Josh, how about you, man? How, who who were your highest six for those players last week? <laughs> uh, Boston Scott for one. Um, uh, Marvin Jones for two. I really like that spot with. Uh, Kenny Galladay out and uh, wasn't really picking up much ownership. And that's sort of what, like, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I looked at his salary where he was coming in at, oh God, something preposterously low. Where's he hiding? I cannot find his name in there. Oh, okay. So the June, I was looking for the junior along the right-hand side, but it wasn't there. It's was just Marvin Jones because nobody's name can be consistent anywhere at 5,500 moving into that top wide receiver spot. I was very comfortable um, having him be sort of the guy that I locked up, but that, that didn't go well. He didn't score. Uh, I had a lot of George Kittle that did not work as well. Yeah. And then the problem became like, I don't really see how I sift through Julio, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike, you know, Mike Evans, obviously a little bit different because of the injury, but Hopkins, Thielen, like those guys on paper are going to look pretty similar each week. And I probably was a little bit too worried about ownership. So Adams ended up being a pretty chalky play. He naturally came down. I went a little bit more towards the guys that weren't picking up ownership in that salary tier. Uh, and then when someone like Adams goes for 40 fantasy points, it comes back to bite you a little bit. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, I'm not mad about it. Uh, I'm, it worked as intended. Uh, that's why it's really, you really, really, really have to be strong mentally to not overreact to just one week of NFL. I mean, or we, one or two weeks or three weeks. That it's how do you how do you go about not getting discouraged? in the NFL. It's very different than playing basketball or baseball where you can get right back into it the next day. Well, I think just playing more slates where, I mean, you can only play three days a week, but there's about like 20 different slates you can play on Sunday, like between all the showdown, uh, afternoon, prime time, Sunday night, um, Monday to Thursday. (laughs) Like a lot of these aren't the sexiest slates, but like the biggest... A uh, piece of advice to anyone watching this is that like it's probably better to like spread out all of your play across a lot of different slates than to just go hard on the Sunday main slate because really there's not I mean Sunday main slate is where you can win the big bucks but the advantage in those isn't that much different than another slate 
if you if you do the right research and stuff so i think that um it, it probably makes more sense to be more diversified in slate selection than to go hard on sunday i oh, mean yeah people probably don't want to hear this particular piece but let's just say you're a cash game player in the nfl main slates only so you have we'll throw out week 17 to make these numbers look a little cleaner if you're let's just say a break-even player so you're expecting to go eight and eight in a 16-week NFL season, what's the real likelihood for you then? Anywhere between, what, 4 and 12 winning weeks? Like, like it is, you can't walk out of an NFL season if you are simply a cash player and feel... Now, you could have a wealth of individual head-to-heads, so to speak, so you can get a better idea where you are against the field. But, I mean, you can't come... It's really hard to come out of a 16-week NFL season and think like, oh, I just had a good NFL season or a bad one. Uh, the error bars are just too big. Yeah, I mean, it's like two weeks of NBA, basically. Yeah. Like, and we, uh, all of us DFS regulars know that, like, what happens in 16 slates that that's subject to a huge variance. I mean, one thing you can do in NFL is just have more diversification yeah. to different plays because it's not like NBA where certain players are, like, must-haves usually. So, um uh, at least you can spread out your your exposure a little bit that way. So I know um, you spreading out exposure, being highly diversified in your lineups is a key tenant for you. Is there a point that you think about how, because obviously you're thinking, if I could play this slate an infinite amount of times, this is what I would like to be doing. Uh, does mm-hmm. there come a threshold where you realize that you can't play that slate infinitely? like where you try to be a little bit more concentrated. I know a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people will see this information and think, what can I like, or even just the first question of what should I set my uniques to? What should I set my randomness to? And it's like, well, that's, that's a loaded question because you played 125 people in your player pool for the slant last week. Other highly ranked pros are going to have the exact opposite scenario of you playing 40 to 50 and it the the settings that you're going to use come down to more of a personal preference or even like uh how well can you stomach getting bludgeoned each week decision are there any situations where you are more concentrated in a DFS contest in comparison to in like the NFL where you're spread out? Are there any weeks where you think that you would come in the opposite direction? Well, I think it depends on how good like the best plays are because like, well, one of the interesting things about NFL is there's like such a game correlation where like you might know there's a good chance that a lot of the winning players will come from one game, but it's really hard to predict what game it is just because like it requires like a very specific like way the game plays out and that is extremely hard to to foresee so that would be one way you could get like a lot of different exposure is like in some lineups you have Thielen and Adams maybe others you have DJ Chark and Hilton Mm -hmm. and then like another you might have Jarvis Landry and Marquise Brown as like um all these like they have interesting correlation and that allows you to like kind of hedge your bets a lot. Okay. Guys, we have a bit of free content today, which is always fun. 
if you're interested in looking at some of uh, Alex's information, our NFL Express Top Stacks tool is free today. Uh, if you're playing NFL, and I assume if you're watching the show or listening to it later on on the podcast feed, you are interested in NFL, get there today. Check out our our Top Stack Tools uh, data. Love the Top Stack tool across all sports. Love it for baseball. Love the Top Pitchers tool for baseball. Love the Top Stack tool for the NFL. Definitely helps me make some adjustments uh, on NFL Sunday. If you're playing NBA today, our NBA rankings are free. And if you're playing MLB, MLB projections, the top of the line. They are free as well. Go check that stuff out. I wanted to get into one little piece before we try to do a little bit of like lineup construction for today. I want to talk a little bit about the strategy of building a lineup for a large field contest in comparison to building a lineup for a smaller field contest. Let's say we have the slant, for instance, 39,000 plus. So we're talking pretty large field. I'm throwing the milli out because that's barely a real contest. There's just too many people in there. Buying lottery tickets. It's too much. Or let's say we're looking at, let's say less than five lineups. You know, something like... What's a good small contest? Okay, the power sweep. So we're talking $150 buy-in, three max, 1,480 entries into that contest. So massively smaller. What is the first thing that you want to pay attention to when entering a lineup into a limited field contest in comparison to entering a lineup into a massive field contest? Well, I think the the best lineups in NFL are pretty similar between different field sizes. Like there's some sports where like you ha- want to have a totally different strategy in a large field or a small field. Like MMA comes to mind yeah. Um, because of all the dupes and like the leverage you can get and stuff. But um, in NFL, like solid line construction is kind of like constant throughout all the different tournaments. Yeah. The biggest difference is that like in a, a small field tournament, the advantage of going to someone that's low owned is a lot less because, like, say you got a a 500 person tournament and you have a player in five lineups, <laughs> like that means that that player is going to be one percent owned at least, right? So yeah. it's like um, the value of going to someone that's sub one percent or sub three percent or whatever is going to be lower because you just like influence that ownership more. And you're more likely, I would imagine, to see a concentration at the top. Uh, so in our ownership projections, uh, what was Boston Scott? Like uh, roughly 30 or so heading into the slate. Yeah. In this three max with 1,400 entries, you're going to see that climb higher like a cash game in comparison to the larger field stuff where it's likely to be smaller. I assume it, you're going to see it be a lot different in the NFL in comparison to the NBA in that so many of these guys in the NFL might be 5% owned guys that are all sort of the same. Whereas in the NBA, you're naturally, the ownership is just naturally going to be higher across a larger sect of these players. You know, you can get, even in this just uh, the $1,481 entry power sweep, someone like, where's a really good example? I mean, just Odell Beckham at 5,900, 9% owned. Like, you're, you, even if you're just starting there, you're all, you're already not super worried about like duplication any longer. There's no, there's not much to worry about. How are you 
treating ownership in a smaller field contest, knowing that someone like Boston Scott is going to be coming in higher, or at least you would expect him to be coming in higher than our ownership projections. Is there anything that you're doing to uh, make changes for yourself, knowing that each one of these contests are slightly different? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the biggest change I make personally is I'll try to generate different lineups based on like how sharp the field is basically because the reason why Boston Scott's higher own in like a 500 person contest is just like a larger percentage of the people entering are, are going to be sharp players. So I think yeah. that like the value of the, the top guys is a lot less on like a higher stakes tournament or a smaller field tournament. So like your strategy shouldn't be going as much towards chalk. It, it needs to kind of react to that because all the edge and going there is diminished. So like a way we could apply that this week is Jonathan Taylor, Kenny and Drake. These guys are probably at the top of plays so far. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Taylor in particular, I think he's going to be really trendy because Marlon Mack is injured. It's like um, he's projected for 30% ownership right now. But if uh, if you're playing a 500 person tournament, that might be like 50 or 60. So that's the point where maybe maybe pivoting and, and going to someone else has a lot more value. And you can see I have your exposures for the three max from last week on the screen. All three lineups mm -hmm. with Boston Scott. All three lineups with Josh Jacobs. Then the following one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The next nine guys in actual ownership, not in a single one of your lineups. At that point in time, even though you are getting the two most chalky plays of this contest, your next nine are just not there. Like you're making unique lineups that are still fitting your projection system as best as possible. I'm going to dial into your lineups quickly just to see what you actually ended up with. I'm curious to see if it was three. Yep. Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky. Um, very similar ownership projection on all three. Uh, you left $100 on the table on one lineup, 200 on the other. One is a quarterback tight end stack. One is a quarterback wide receiver stack. One is a quarterback plus two, plus bringing one back. So you're, you're running the gamut of uh, different lineup constructions. Outside of the fact that you had Boston Scott and Josh Jacobs in all three lineups, I mean, the other, the rest of those lineups are... I don't want to say essentially random because that's they're not random to you, but there is no, there's not a ton of overlap. Only Allen Robinson are in, and DJ Moore are in two of the three. The rest of those lineups are fully unique to each other. Is that an intention for you for a, for a three max entry where you're trying to be very largely different? Are you trying to avoid, you know, competing with yourself as much as possible in that contest? Well, I missed uh, which contest this was. This is but, the the, the hundred and fifty dollar three max. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, uh, I definitely had like I, I just put my like highest ranked like higher stakes lineups that I, I made uh, into the top three. So I think it was more like just circumstance. Whereas like, if you have Boston Scott and Josh Jacobs, those are the best plays. Like probably the best lineups you're gonna make are gonna have both of them. Yep. And then sometimes I'll try to like get different stacks and the different lineups because I feel like that is a big differentiation point. Um, I don't worry too much about overlapping with myself because 
there are so many people in the tournament that like a lot of people are going to have similar lineups no matter what you do pretty much so okay. uh but i think last week i just didn't love a lot of the more popular players like terry mcclaurin uh deshaun jackson austin eckler metcalf none of those guys were really ones that Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Really on my radar. Uh, maybe like other people were seeing stuff I didn't. But um, that's part of how I landed on the plays I liked. Like Alan Robinson. Uh, some others. Hopefully we come back up pretty naturally. Let's find out if we get a new link, which I assume that we will. So for anybody trickling in right now, the Periscope and Twitch people are going to get this immediately. We'll see where we end up from a YouTube event perspective. I Could it be that we're on the same link? Could that? I, I mean, that never used to work. Can that be working now? Back up and running. Same link. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, maybe that's YouTube. Maybe YouTube saved the day here. Has YouTube just like changed this so that you don't lose your link? That'd be great. I'd be really happy. Like I'd be really happy about that. So that's my bad, guys. I I I blew it all. This is all my fault. So blame me. We can get back into this right now. Uh, I I know that the last thing that I asked you was: Are there any final tenants that you would explain to people in terms of putting in a lineup into a smaller field contest into a larger field contest? I think it's just mostly the ownership where like you can expect the better players to be higher on in sharper fields. So that depends on the contest a little bit because if it's a single entry, like that might not be a sharper field. But if it's uh, just small contests because uh, of a different reason, it's still 3% max, then trying to be a little bit more off of the like chalk plays can be a good uh, strategy. Okay. Guys, we have a lot of content going on today. I realize we just lost like five minutes um, with my technical defects, but we've got Matt and Kyle coming up immediately after this at noon doing a start sit show for season long. Ben and Julian are doing a betting show at 2.30. Jason, Jeff, and Terry are going to have MLB Live Before Lock at 6 p.m. And then myself... And Rinpak are going live for NBA Live Before Lock at 8.15 Eastern Time. Yes, that is an accurate time. Uh, that game tips off at 9 o'clock tonight, which is not great for the East Coast and me because I will never see the end of that game, unfortunately. But I wish that I would. But now I think we're at the time where I think we should build a lineup. What do you think? That's it. All right. Do you want to go more from a cash perspective or more of a GPP perspective today? Last week we took out cash. Let's do one of each. Okay, that works. I've got lineup builder locked and loaded. Looks like I need to actually log in. So let me do that as well. <laughs> we did just get some news in the NFL from uh, Jamison Crowder is out this week. So that'll Ooh. be interesting because 
I just looked at the Jets depth chart and like half their wide receivers are on the IR. So <laughs> a pretty thin group today. And it's the Jets. So yeah. you're never really <laughs> well, like, that's... they're not deep in talent. That's true. Okay, so let's start off on a GPP, on the GPP side for right now because we did. I want to make sure that uh, this week's show at least looks a little bit different than last week's. Nice. Is there a place that you would just immediately start when trying to build a single GPP lineup? Let, let's say that we are approaching this as if this lineup would go into a smaller field contest. Yeah, uh, well, I'd probably look at my top stacks just to, to try to see what's getting the ownership, what is going to be under the radar. Um, I'm seeing maybe uh, Kansas City, Atlanta, uh, Carolina, those are going to be tar- top targets for single entry for me because they're low-owned, and I think they have a pretty good chance of, of success. So um, Kansas City, like I feel like, they're always so expensive that it might be hard to to really justify that. But um, I might go to Atlanta then because they got this matchup versus Dallas. Dallas is a tough team, which uh, isn't a bad thing when you're stacking up against them because you really want the resistance so you get more passing attempts. And uh, Atlanta's got some really good players, so... Yeah, I have uh, I have this game, or I have the top stacks tool pulled up right now. Top three stacks from a stack percentage standpoint. Although I, I think we should probably look at it from four because there's kind of a chasm after the fourth. Dallas, Kansas City, Atlanta, Arizona. But obviously Atlanta and Dallas playing each other. Is that something that plays into your decision a little bit? Would you be more likely to be bringing someone back knowing that it's a top stack for both sides? Well, I think bringing someone back is always a pretty good strategy. Okay. And like the times where you really want to do it, like would be if you stack Kansas City this week, they're nine point favorites versus the Chargers. So like if that stack's gonna really overperform their salary, you need the Chargers to do do something. Okay. So then like stacking up Keenan Allen with uh with your Kansas City guys makes a lot of sense. On the flip side, if you stack up the Chargers they're going to be probably playing from behind a lot of the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Kansas City is going to put up like an outlier relative to their salary. So if you're stacking up the Chargers as a big underdog, I might not run it back with Tyreek Hill just because he's like so expensive. Um, if he like gets 20, that would be decent for his salary and good enough to keep the Chargers uh, going, but not good enough to win you a GPP. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and look at Atlanta. Atlanta third highest in the top stack odds. Matt Ryan's ownership coming in below that t- those top stack odds. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and grab Matt Ryan right out of the gate. The question then becomes: Is it Julio Jones? Is it Calvin Ridley? Hayden Hurst? Two of those three guys. Todd Gurley, perhaps. I, I don't I don't know what your thoughts are there. I not really as much of a pass catching back as I would really like in that spot. Julio, 17% owned. Calvin Ridley, 13 and a half. Hayden Hurst, not all that owned. Uh, is there a direction you would want to go right off the bat? Is this a Matt Ryan plus two, Matt Ryan plus one? Is there a particular guy from Dallas you would be wanting to bring back? It looks like Amari Cooper uh, picking up quite a bit of ownership, as is Michael Gallup. There, yeah, there's a lot of ways to tackle this stack because you got so many options. Yeah. And- that might make it so like 
even though the Atlanta stack is 6% owned, like maybe you can get more differentiation than some other stacks where like Chicago, for instance, where Allen Robinson is going to be in like every stack pretty much. So I kind of like that about Atlanta that it has two alpha guys with Ridley and Jones. Uh, I mean, my natural inclination is Ridley had the big game last week. So maybe Jones is a little bit under own relative to how good he is. Okay. Do you want to start with just Jones? Do you have any interest in adding in Hay- uh, Hayden Hurts, perhaps? Yeah, I think Hurst is uh, a good good idea. He's not like a great price this week at 4,600, but I'll uh, get an additional correlation at tight end, which is a tough spot to fill. It could be a good idea. Do you have any personal preferences for who can come back in a lineup? Are you trying to be a little bit more concentrated towards their like the higher uh fantasy point projected guys instead of sort of like the the wide like the flyer like if we weren't using hurst you know bringing back dalton schultz doesn't necessarily seem like it's super relevant um to me we would be looking at this it's probably zeke cooper gallup i don't know if cd lamb like makes the most sense trying to build for a smaller field gpp to get the third or maybe even if you want to say fourth most important pass catcher if we include zeke so do you have do you have any preferences for the type of player that comes back in a lineup i think just like avoiding that like good value pick like is smart just because like a lot of times there's like a 4k receiver that isn't very good that like as you're saying cd lamb might fit that bill this week i mean he's a rookie so we don't know exactly what to expect yet, but uh, they have two great receivers in, in Gallup and, and Cooper. Uh, it's kind of the same logic I'd be using. Gallup got five targets last week. Cooper got 14. They play the same number of snaps, so maybe that flips. Uh, or maybe, I mean, I'd expect Cooper to be a little bit higher targeted, yeah. but not that much. So I'm thinking that maybe people will be down on Gallup this week, and uh, that would be a good option. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott also. Uh, salad. I'll give you the pick. Zeke or Gallup? I kind of like Gallup just because he, he didn't get that usage last week. And maybe people will be cooler on him. Okay. So we've got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst, Michael Gallup in the lineup right now. We still need two running backs, a wide receiver, our flex spot, and then I assume whatever defense we determine to put at the bottom. Uh, $5,100 remaining on average. I would say that we would want to grab a running back at this point. Given the ownership on Matt Ryan and Hurst, I don't think that there are any particular people that we need to be negative towards. Um, is there a running back that immediately stands out to you that would work in this lineup? Um, and I, we can pretty much go wherever we want here. Yeah, I think, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to pull up my big gonna... board to remember. Uh, who, I guess uh, I'm doing the same thing. Up. Oh, nice. Yeah, we spent up on uh, the stack, so we need some value guys now. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe, man, the, the value this week is pretty pretty tough, but Kenny and Drake at 5,900 yeah. uh, versus the football team. <laughs> I think uh, he he's going to be a plug-and-play in pretty much any lineup. I, I saw people clamoring about how Chase Edmonds was – better than him last week but uh i'm not really buying into that so i'm comfortable with drake is Kenyon drake sort of this week's josh jacobs for you 
Well, I think uh, the matchup is really solid versus Washington. So uh, Arizona has a 27-point total. They're big favorites, so everything is kind of leading the Drake. Yeah, so I don't think he's quite as good as Josh Jacobs last week, okay. but he's solid. Okay. All right, Kenyon Drake in. We have 19,900 left. Running back, wide receiver, flex, plus a defense. So, you know, call it 1,700 and, or 17,000 left across three spots. It's a pretty sizable amount. Uh, I think we can go in any direction right now for our next pick. Doesn't necessarily just have to be at running back. So if I sort this down to running back, tight end, and wide out, just looking at your big board, different directions we can go. Uh, we can get, we can make a homer pick here. Fifth on your big board, $6,400, Allen Robinson. Um, any qualms going to Robinson right out of the gate? Pretty high ranking. Or... Uh, Odell Beckham, but that doesn't really do us much good considering he played yesterday. <laughs> if we, if only we could, man, that'd be killer. Yeah, uh, I think Robinson versus the Giants is is nice because, uh, I mean, Giants pass defense is really bad, so he stands out as a, a good play this week. Perfect. I will go ahead and grab Robinson, slot him in. So now we need a running back and a flex plus our defense. 4,500 on average, but clearly defense not going to be coming in all that high. So we've got, you know, five, six K easy to spend on two separate guys. Are you looking to do any further correlation? Would you want to do anything um, because you already have Drake or because you already have Allen Robinson? Or are we going to try to be different in this spot? Yeah, I mean, we could think about maybe a Giants receiver. Um, if there was one we wanted, I probably wouldn't force it. But uh, I think right now we need a value play. So I'll throw out a few names here, and we can kind of talk about who we like in this lineup. Okay. Uh, we got Prashad uh, Perryman. Yeah. He's uh, kind of intriguing because he played all the snaps last week, and Jamison Crowder is out. The matchup is really bad, though. Um so maybe the touchdown equity is not very good. We got Damier Bird for New England. Oh, uh, wait, no, that's Sunday night game. Scratch that. Um, we got James Robinson, Jacksonville versus Tennessee. Yeah. Another bad matchup, but good workload uh, player. And then... Corey Davis saw a ton Corey of targets Davis. in... Uh... Yep. In their week one matchup, gets the matchup against Jacksonville, which is obviously favorable. <laughs> and AJ Brown is out. Yeah. So do we want to go so, to Corey Davis? Is that a nice? I think that works for a nice value. 4K wide receiver, given his targets in week one. Yeah, that works for me. Perfect. Let's go ahead and get him added. Corey Davis, only 9.5% ownership in our last run. So that means we have 9,500 remaining for a running back and a defense. That's pretty monstrous. Uh, that's going to open up. Pretty much any running back we want that isn't Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> nice. Uh, what, Kamara, what in the world did I filter? Oh, $5,000. I was like, come, what am I doing? Tomorrow, like with yeah. no Michael. Oh, wait, no, that's Monday night. <laughs> I need to really uh, have a, a slate filter here. Okay. I was so, going to say that we're learning on the fly that adding some sort of filter to get some of these guys out of here is a key feature for the big board <laughs> coming up soon. Okay. So we got 10K about. We do, and I, I think we're going to end up being able to make uh, uh, an upgrade somewhere by the time we're done. We have 9,500 remaining running back and defense left. Well, we could go with Derrick Henry. He's playing against Jacksonville, so you got to think that he could get a lot of rushing attempts. 
And then the only problem is we'd have to go to a 2K defense, but we got the Jets D. <laughs> so here's the question. If we do that, I, I don't think that we could really move off of Corey Davis. We would have the two-person Titan stack at that point. Corey Davis at 4K is... Oh, that's right, yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense then. Yeah. So we, we're really finding it to be a little tricky to get to a legitimate running back option. The only other one that I can see, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Do we want to turn this into a bigger game stack and add Zeke? Uh, I mean, I I don't love it because, okay. I mean, Zeke and Gallup, it's like hard to, unless this game goes just like ape, you know, like the, the problem is I feel like this is the game of the week that people are going to stack to. Okay. Um. So I, I think what the way I'd fill this out is I would switch Corey Davis for uh, Rashad Perryman. That gives us uh, ninety seven hundred. Is that that might not be enough to get Derrick Henry? We have eighteen hundred if we have Henry and Perryman. Okay, so that that doesn't work. No, it does not. I don't know. Is there an eighteen hundred dollar? You never know when they're gonna just have like the Jags be garbage <laughs> or something true. along those lines. Yeah um we could go to a uh more value running back too we could go to miles sanders or, or david johnson is this miles a sanders is this a spot where we go to zeke instead of Gallup and find a different mid-tier wide receiver that's a good option too yeah like that because Gallup, uh it just seems to be hard to fill out that running back spot otherwise so now we have 10-9 remaining for a wide receiver a flex and a defense um, that is with Zeke now in at running back, finding a wide receiver in the lower-ish tier. Well, now we can go back to Corey Davis um, yeah, we'll since we aren't going to have Derrick Henry in there. Corey Davis slots in. So now we have 6,900 for flex and defense. Nice. We can, At the very least, we were going to say you know no more than 4,900 for any flex option. That I think makes gives us a little bit of uh, wiggle room. Forty nine hundred, the highest ranked guy on your big board under forty nine hundred is Chris Herndon uh, <laughs> at thirty four hundred. I don't get the sense we're going to go with the two tight end set here with Chris Herndon. Just guessing. He's a good play, but I think that uh, the touchdown equity for the Jets is probably going to be pretty terrible. So uh, for a flex play, like maybe go into a different guy is going to be higher upside. Prashad Perryman, the highest ranked guy on your big board under 4,900. He's at 38. That would allow us uh, 3,100 for our defense. Yeah, I don't hate it. Let's, um, Preston Williams, 4,800. That would slot us in perfectly for a $2,100 defense or lower. Yeah, I like that. I think that Preston Williams is interesting. He played 97% of the snaps, got seven targets. Matchup's tough, but uh, they'll probably have to pass a lot. So I like it. All right. So we've got 2,100 remaining for a defense. Um, <laughs> I'll let you choose uh, whichever defense you think is just amazing this week. Looks like Jets D is tops from the big board or the Dolphins D. Um. Yeah, I think uh, the Jets defense is kind of intriguing but 
Uh, I mean, uh, it's just the price, really, not the the matchup. Yeah, it's just uh, Garoppolo does throw a good amount of picks. He's about he's a little bit under three percent, so that adds a little bit of upside. And, and Jets are a little bit stronger on the defensive side, so it's kind of a contrarian uh, move. But I kind of like it. Lineup is done. We left a hundred dollars on the board, projected for one hundred and forty point five eight. Contrarian ranking less than 10%. Value ranking greater than 90%. I think we did a pretty good job here. Nice. Especially going really? in especially going in with the with the thought process of building for a smaller field contest. Uh, I don't think that we need that contrarian ranking to be, you know, 100%. <laughs> I like yeah, it. I mean, I think it's fine. Uh the one chalky thing we did is we stacked up the most popular game. Yeah. But based on my top stacks, like it's for a reason. There is a good chance this game is like the game of the week to stack about twenty percent. So that's really good odds on a twelve game slate. I like it. I like it. Guys, we just gave you the the goods for DraftKings this week. When this lineup wins insert contest here, uh I hope there's a kickback. Uh don't be afraid to send in a super chat or I don't know, find us on Venmo or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we the tip jar is at the door, guys. <laughs> so I think we need to wrap it up now. It's eleven fifty-five. We're gonna be turning it over to the season long show. Is there anything else you want to touch on holistically for week two in terms of roster construction? Uh, anything that stands out to you based on where our ownership is right now, or is this looking kind of similar to week one? Let's just do a quick cash lineup because I feel like it's going to be real easy. Sure. Um, basically, like what for cash, we're just going to go to the guys that that are benefiting from all these injuries and, and finish it off with a bunch of studs. I think. Okay. Um. So Corey Davis, Rashad Perryman, uh, Chris Herndon, and uh, I mean we already talked about all these guys. So, um. Let me pull up the big board again. I've got Corey Davis in, Perryman in, Herndon in. Then maybe like Drake. Maybe we can fit in Christian McCaffrey. That's probably going to be pretty easy at this point. Nice. Yeah. So just like fitting the value plays to get the top studs of the day. I think that that makes cash easy this week. Let's see. So based on your big board... Are we going back? I guess we're going back to Devonte Adams if we can. Sixth on your big board, eighty one hundred. Yeah, I mean uh, Adams, Jonathan Taylor is another guy that's going to really benefit from from injury, so he makes a really nice cash play. Um, yeah, I like it. We're putting this together pretty quickly. So ninety one hundred. I've got Drake, McCaffrey, Davis, Perriman, Adams, Herndon, Taylor. 9,100 left for a quarterback and a defense. I assume our quarterback is going to be one of Lamar Jackson or Mahomes. I just don't remember who's on what slate at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mahomes is on the main slate. I think they're both on the main slate, right? Uh, Mahomes is... I don't know. Yeah, they're both on the main slate. Okay. So then, do you have a preference between the two? Um... Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes so ahead of Lamar in the big board. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that if we have, uh, based on our salary left, we got to go with Mahomes because he's five hundred cheaper. Ooh, we're not going to Mahomes. That doesn't leave us enough money. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. No, we're under two K yeah, then. They are so expensive this week that it's going to yeah. be really hard to justify picking one of them. 
So it's looking like Kyler Murray is your top option. Are you okay with that option in cash? Oh yeah, I mean, like he he showed last week that he's gonna be huge, like regardless of whether they do it on the ground or the air. So he's really gonna be a good cash game option. Uh, and the only thing is, do we have too much money left now? We have three k left for a defense. Okay, that's that's not bad. No. Uh, any preference for that defense? I mean, my strategy is just go against the worst quarterback. Um, so who do the so, Bears play? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> it's the Giants, so we're not doing Giants. that. They're not a bad play this week, but it looks like we got the Cardinals defense versus Washington football team. Okay. Where are they hiding now? Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. I just clicked on them. Where'd they go? There we go. Defense in. Oh, and we had exactly 3K left. So, contrarian ranking, under 10. Value ranking, greater than 90%. Cash, <laughs> cash lineup, locked and loaded. Nice. And we built that in four minutes, too. 11.59. We're not even running late. <laughs> yeah, so it should be a fun week. I think week two is always fun because, like, we got, like, a, a little bit of data, but not a lot. So, I think people are going to overreact a little bit to that. We got all these injuries too that create all these value spots. So that'll be fun to, to create some chalk and some leverage and stuff like that. So it should be a good week. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Please hit that like button. I haven't asked at all, mostly because uh, we went down in the middle of it and I didn't get a chance to. So please hit the thumbs up. It helps us out a ton. Tune into the rest of the shows we have coming up for the rest of the day. So subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. Subscribe to our podcast feed as well. Every show that we do ends up on our podcast feed. You could subscribe to individual sports or just get everything if you want. So do that. Uh, Alex, you got on the contrary tomorrow? Yep, I think we got uh, Brian Hooper, aka Brick, uh, joining us, so that'll be fun. There you go. That's going to be a good show. I would highly recommend checking it out. I will definitely be watching. I'm always interested to see uh, what Brick has to say in terms of strategy for DFS. So anything else, Alex? Um, well, we got one question in chat I think is interesting. The baller said, what am I missing? Why is this guy like Arizona a lot, uh, so much? The skin's defense was smothering. So I want to answer that question real quick because um i mean the the football team like they showed they got some good defensive line uh and philadelphia's offensive line was all banged up but this is falling under the category of don't react too much to last week because all the betting markets say arizona is a huge favorite in this game they have one of the highest team totals of the week at 27 and basically like like this is the sharpest money coming in on all these lines so that that's going to be a better estimate than just looking at the box scores from week one so that's kind of one of my approaches there you go pay attention to vegas lines guys it's not going to get more accurate than that they're taking in bukus of money and uh they don't want to be wrong so follow the money it's always going to be your best option That'll do it for us. Thank you guys for joining us. Great show. Excited to get back to this one again next Friday. So come join us again at 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk to you later. Good luck this weekend.